You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. Wow, 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 wow. What a way to open up. That's right, Team Victory. Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm so honored to be here, actually, on this platform, part of this church, under this leadership. Uh, guys, like, we have leadership that preaches what they practice. How about that, right? Instead of the other way around. So uh, I just want to recognize our leadership for that. Um, all right, so uh, what I want to talk about tonight is getting real and raw. Um, every Tuesday morning at 5.30, you know, there's about 200 men that get together. They get real and raw. At the very end of that meeting, we say something, we chant something. You guys know what that is? Strength and honor. Strength and honor. Now, the true test of a warrior is actually strength, but it's not the physical strength, right? It's vulnerability. That's what the true strength is. So we're going to get real and raw and vulnerable right now, okay? So the last time I was on this stage was um, Hero. How many of you guys went to Hero? You guys remember that? All right, so that, that performance, I got to tell you, was just breeded excellence. The musicians, you know, the actors, the, the acting, just the leadership, everything just came together beautifully. When I auditioned for that, I had no expectation of what would ever happen. And I ended up getting casted into two roles. And they added six more. So I ended up playing eight different characters. <laughs> I mean, it was like, you know, I mean, backstage just changing costume after costume after costume and changing roles. You know, one of them was Lucifer. One of them was uh, Pontius Pilate. One of them was an adulterer. One of them was a drunkard and just a host of others. But totally, totally unplanned and unknown but each one of those characters was a character from a life that I used to live. Wow. Totally unplanned. The director and the casting director had no idea who I was or what my past was. But when the Holy Spirit is on it, God moves. God moves. So let's talk about this adulterer. You know, he was always looking out for number one, asking what's in it for him, conceited, full of himself, and better off by himself and not being tied down by relationships or friends. He was sort of a lone wolf. Uh, he actually, in the musical, instigated the adulteress. The Pharisees paid the adulterer to set up the adulteress. And that role was actually thrown in at the last second, like in a, in a practice. Just, and they just pointed at me and said, hey, you, you're, you're going to play this role. And uh, little did they know that that was part of my past. So let's talk about adultery. I've had questions asked to me before. You grew up in the church. You're Christian. How could that happen? 
Well, Isaiah 45, 17 says, no weapon formed against me shall prosper, right? It doesn't say no weapon will ever be formed against me. So just because I'm Christian doesn't mean the devil isn't going to come after me. Doesn't mean the devil's not going to come after anything good in my life. And so that's what happened. I was ensnared by pornography, which led to multiple relationships outside of my marriage. Which then, when that wasn't good enough, ended up paying for it through prostitution. And I was in this endless cycle of it just not being good enough. So I asked God, I'm like, God, why are you, why am I now in this musical? Why are you putting me in this position and reminding me of my past? And so what God said was, I want you to review your past. I want you to see where you are now, and I'm going to show you where you're going in your future. So, hero is the greatest testimony of all time, Jesus Christ. One of the things God showed me was, listen, this testimony started when he rose from the dead, but it has been spoken every single day since he rose, every single day. How often have you been speaking your testimony? And since then, it's been well over three or four dozen times. Since then, just as much as I can. So that's when, when I was asked, well, what are you going to talk about tonight? Well, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> so how did God restore? How did God restore? Well, I mean, it's really obvious. Sarah and I are still married, 17 years. <laughs> 17 years. Listen, that's not an accident. That's not an accident. And statistically speaking... To the world, everything that we went through, addiction, depression, anxiety, betrayal, financial ruin, all of those things, according to the world, would have caused divorce. But we all know that when you're connected to God and you surrendered your life to God, there are no odds. The odds are deleted. Deleted. So... How God moved through my wife, she gave her courage. She drew a line in the sand and told me, you either choose this life or you choose this life. Just unbelievable. God gave her that courage. I know it. And um, what, what God did through me is he gave me vision. So without a vision, people perish. So the vision that he gave me, he gave me a couple visions. He gave me a vision of what it would be like if I continued the life of addiction. I wouldn't be here today. In fact, I've lost two friends within the last year to addiction. And he gave me a vision of the life I would have if I continued the road of, you know, women. And it was a life ending alone. Lonely. 
That was not the life that I wanted. He also gave me a vision of what victory looked like. Because our God is a God of victory. He showed me uh, through a dream, showed me this man who's playing a guitar. Couldn't see his face. My wife was in the room. It was the most joy I'd ever seen. My kids were in the room. Everybody was laughing and playing. And God said that man was me. The devil said it wasn't. But that inspired me to pursue the worship team. That inspired me to turn a room in our house into a music studio. And that's the victory that we have now. That's what we have now. There's a lot of visions that, I've, that God has give, been given me uh, over the last couple of years. And those visions are, you know, the seeds that I need, you know, uh, to fight. And um, God's just so good. No matter the circumstances, no matter what's going on, you know, he's a, he's a God of victory. And what I, what I learned was that the biggest thing was... No weapon formed against me shall prosper. But that only counts if you have surrendered your life to God. When you surrender your life to God, that is when you get the almighty protection. So my declaration right now, Heavenly Father, I just, I, I just want to thank you. I want to thank you for the miracle. And I just pray right now, that these words have touched every heart, have renewed every mind, and restored every body. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm so honored and privileged to be on the stage and sharing the stage with these amazing men. Uh, but I just want to start off by honoring our pastors, Pastor Matt and Michaela, Pastor Jesse and Pastor Kat. You four are amazing examples of kings and priests. And I don't know how you guys do everything you do, but um, I am blessed to be in this house and under your leadership. And I just thank you, uh, both of you guys. So, And then I also want to quickly honor my wife, uh, Elise. Uh, she... She's the most beautiful, loving, caring individual that I know, and I'm blessed to be your husband, so I love you. So I'm going to be reading out of Acts 2, 1 through 4, uh, the Passion Version. Uh, and I picked the Passion Version because I always want passion, more passion in my life. So it reads, On the day Pentecost was being fulfilled, all the disciples were gathered in one place. Suddenly, they heard the sound of a violent blast of wind rushing into the house from out of the heavenly realm. The roar of the wind was so overpowering, it was all anyone could bear. Then 
All at once, a pillar of fire appeared before their eyes. It separated into tongues of fire that engulfed each one of them. They were all filled and equipped with the Holy Spirit and were inspired to speak in tongues, empowered by the Spirit to speak in languages they have never heard. So this scripture uh, has been um, debated, uh, possibly argued over theology, uh, but I know that when there's a testimony attached to something, that's a powerful weapon. Yeah. And I want to share my testimony around this. If you knew me four years ago, this would probably be the last scripture I'd be, I'd be speaking on today. But God is using my journey for this moment. I'm excited to share it with you. So I've been a Christian my entire life. I've been in Christian school since I was in kindergarten. Uh, and uh, I knew of the Holy Spirit, but I didn't know the power of the Holy Spirit. I knew the baptism of water, but no one told me about the baptism of fire. That was, that was, that was passed along when the, the felt boards in my kindergarten class. No one did that one. They didn't tell me that the sign of that baptism uh, was speaking in tongues. Um, that when you pray in your heavenly language, when you pray in the spirit, that you're praying that perfect prayer. Um, what I thought about that four years ago, honestly, I thought it was weird. Everything was weird around it. But I thought that way because of the improper knowledge that I had. So when I came to this house, uh, I had a lot of reservations, and that was one of them. Um, the, the, I didn't think that the, the Holy Spirit, the power was for me. I, did, I, I was totally against speaking in tongues. So much so that when I went to my first men's emerge conference, we carried burdens and we throw the burdens in the fire. I wrote on my burden, uh, the difficulty accepting the gifts of the spirit. And I remember taking a picture and sending it to my, to my wife. And through a sequence of events, getting baptized in the uh, Holy Spirit, later receiving the gift of tongues, um, my mind started to change. Uh, I, I started recognizing power around it, uh, around this gift. And I knew that I needed to get proper knowledge. So what I did was I started coming to men's prayer. I started coming to men's prayer. Now, maybe some of you can resonate with me, but when I started coming to men's prayer, I felt intimidated. I didn't feel qualified. And I felt like I was praying like a six-year-old. <laughs> because my prayer didn't sound like their prayer. Not at all. But I refused to let that, those feelings and emotions dictate where I was going to go. So I started, I became obedient. I started to go every single week. I started to surround myself with men that knew how to pray. I started to watch how they operated in the power of the spirit. And I tried to mimic what they did. I tried to use the language that they were using. I started seeing miracles happen every week, uh, miracles of healing. I started seeing men being delivered from demons. And what I thought was weird now was normal. And not only normal, but I expected to see it every Tuesday when I came. I started quickly acquiring this knowledge for application. I, I encourage the men, you need to get to men's prayer. Every Tuesday at 5.30 here, it's gonna change your life. The women, you need to get your men to men's prayer because just by them showing up, your life is gonna be changed. So I get this application, let's fast forward, uh, the day after Easter, uh, my wife and I were walking and we got a, a phone call from her father. Uh, my mother-in-law was in the hospital. Her heart, her kidneys, and her liver were all failing. And pretty much he was telling us that we need to rush to the hospital and say our goodbyes because she was dying. So I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie, fear tried to creep in at that point. 
It really tried to creep in. And we recognized that. We, we hung up the phone and we uh, immediately called our good friend, Pastor Matty Tuggle, uh, the tugboat himself. So he, he just moved to, to Utah. And uh, I will never forget this. He was, he was at a lunch. He immediately picked up his phone. He immediately excused himself from that lunch and he started praying over us. But what Tuggle doesn't know is that he wasn't just praying comforting words over us. He was, uh, he was activating boldness inside of me. He was shifting an atmosphere where, where fear had creeped in. He was shifting it to faith. He was empowering me to go down to that hospital and do what I needed to do as a spiritual leader of my family and knock the devil 20 feet back with a right hook. To tell, to, to tell the devil that he has no authority over my family. I haven't known Tuggle my entire life. I met him in this house. I encourage you, go to men's prayer, go to women's prayer, join a connect group, start serving. Because the people that you choose to surround yourself with, who do life with, is the most important decision that you're going to make. My life has been flourishing. It's been growing exponentially because of the friendships that have been birthed in this house. Get connected. So we, uh, we race down to the hospital. Uh, we, we go through the COVID checks. We get to the room. And we get denied into the room. Uh, her nurse says, you can't be in here. You're going to be in the way. We're going to start all these procedures. We tell her, we need to pray over her. Will you allow us to come in to pray? She goes, okay. I enter this room, and I start speaking in tongues. And this wasn't uh, a murmur-type prayer. I boldly went after it. Something that I wouldn't have done four years ago that I thought was weird. I boldly went after it so much that the nurse stops me and says, are you praying in tongues? And I said, yes, I am. <laughs> she, goes, she goes, thank you, Jesus. I've been wanting to receive the gift of tongues, but I haven't. Will you pray over me? So I look at my wife, and we're ecstatic because we know that a, a spirit-filled nurse is about to take care of her mother. So I kid you, this is a true story. The nurse walks to the end of the bed. I'm on one side of my mother-in-law. My wife is on the other. And we start unleashing prayer in this room. Prayer that I wasn't capable of four years ago. This wasn't a six-year-old praying anymore. This was a man that learned about authority and learned how to fight for his family. We started declaring over her that she is the daughter of the Most High, that no man has the final say. We started speaking and commanding to her organs to come into alignment with complete healing. We brought heaven down to earth in that room. We turned to the nurse. We started praying over the nurse. She had her hands out like this. She instantly started raising her hands. She started speaking in tongues. I'm speaking in tongues. My wife's speaking in tongues. The curtain flings open. The janitor walks in. She's... She's changing the trash, and she's like, she's watching a movie. She can't take her eyes off of it. The nurse, the nurse's station was behind her. Uh, they were probably thinking we were weird, but I didn't care because I boldly went into that room and, and pulled down that miracle that my family desperately needed. My mother-in-law left the hospital. She's at home now, recovering every single day. Not, not, 
not only recovering, but she has a new mindset. She has a renewed spirit. And if you told me four years ago that I was going to walk into a hospital room speaking in tongues, deliver, allowing someone else to speak in tongues, and partner with the Holy Spirit and our Heavenly Father to bring a miracle to my family, I would have thought you were weird. I would have thought you were crazy. And I probably would have ignored you. But this house is a house of power, the power of the Holy Spirit. This is a house of transformation, and I am a true example of that. So I, I encourage you, after we're done with this 3 by 10 you come down in the ministry prayer time, and you receive that baptism of the Holy Spirit because the power is waiting for you, the power that's going to change your life forever. Amen? Amen. Amen. So I get, to, I get to introduce this guy. He was one of the men that I met at men's prayer and that emulated. So now I get to introduce him, Casey. Welcome, Casey. Hey, let's go. Let's go, Wednesday night church. Let's go. Following Hector and Graham, my goodness, you two are incredible men of God, incredible men of God and leaders of your families. Men in the house, if you haven't yet been to men's prayer, or you want an example of godly men leading their family, come find these two men right here. Fantastic examples. Pastors Matt and Michaela, uh, a huge thank you for being examples of life and life abundantly, for not sacrificing anything to live a full life, for not sacrificing the ministry calling, not sacrificing your marriage and your relationship, sacrificing your family, and especially not sacrificing your business to do the work for God. So thank you for being examples for us. Let's give it up for them. Appreciate you guys. Awesome. Uh, so, so tonight I want to share on, you'll see some themes here, and there's no coincidence. I think all of us came into men's prayer at the same time, maybe four or five years ago. Um, you'll see some, some common themes, and there's a reason for that. We didn't plan any of it. Um, a, little bit of, a little background on who I am, and um, I want to share, take you on a journey with Jesus and how he builds community, and then, uh, and then give God the glory for where I'm at now. So, Came into Awaken uh, at that time, C3, about five years ago. And uh, I came in on a Sunday that had immediately followed the Emerge Conference. conference. Um, And when I walked in that day, I walked in a a pretty broken man. I walked in with an empty heart, with a hurt heart, uh, walking through a very painful divorce. Um, Hurt because I didn't want to be a a divorced man. I I didn't want to be divided from my children. Uh, Really empty using vices to fill that emptiness, um, just very hurt, man. And when I came into the church that day after Emerge, what I found was, well, first for the first time, and I had been searching, but for the first time I found Jesus there. He was there. The presence of the Holy Spirit was there. I found Jesus there. What I also found was an incredible community of men. I mean, you can imagine the scene of all these men charged up after Emerge aggressively hugging me. And what the French fries are these guys hugging me so much for? And why am I crying so much? Uh, But I found a community of healthy people that wanted to believe for me. They wanted to encourage me. They wanted to pray for me. Um, And so that's where I was that day. So now a little journey of Jesus and the way he built community. And then more importantly, what came from that, the power that came from that. So, um, so y'all know from scripture, Jesus gets baptized and comes out of the water and then is immediately led into the wilderness to be tempted. 
And that resonated with me and maybe it can resonate with some of you that coming to the Lord for that first time five years ago, it felt like a wilderness. It felt um, very alone, very isolating. Uh, my old life was gone. I'd lost a bunch of friends. I'd even pushed a bunch of family away. They were hurt. Divorce hurts people. Um, people that you don't expect it to hurt. It was really hard and it felt alone. I, I felt alone. Um, so, so Jesus comes out of the wilderness and immediately goes to build community. So he says, hey, fishermen, come on, guys. Come with me. Drop those nets. Come hang out with me. Uh, Simon Peter, man, you're going to love me, dude. You're going to kick some stuff into the bush along the way, that whole deny me three times and the rooster stuff, but, but you love me. Come on with me. Uh, tax man, everybody hates you, but come join me. What? You all will believe in me and you'll trust me. So Jesus sets an example of stepping into community of believers and bringing them around. So then this is what I think is even more powerful and what stuck out to me. So I just have this picture of Jesus as he's walking with disciples and then miracles start to happen and people start to take notice. Like the first miracle in the Bible, water into wine. Jesus shows up at a party, turns water into this great, this bomb grape juice and people are like, who's this guy bringing out the good stuff at the end of the party? We wanna know about him. Um, the, uh, the two blind men receive their sight and Jesus is like, don't tell anybody about this guy. So he restores their vision and then tells them not to tell anybody. Like if that's me, I'm Facebook Live and I'm doing a Snapchat video to a, a shuffle dance to the, to the theme song. I once was blind, but now I can see, like I'm telling everybody. Um, the, the, um, the woman with the issue of blood and the daughter of the young ruler. So they both get healed. And, and, and the scripture says that word went out to the land. So Jesus' example is he builds community of believers. They start to walk this thing out and then miracles and power happen. And then people start to open up their ear to what Jesus is doing and they wanna know who he is. Um, this whole thing is about, is about Jesus obviously, and it's about walking with him. And then it's about the next person that's waiting for us. Like some of us have people out there who are waiting for us to be the reason that they believe in the power of God, that they believe in the gospel. There's people out waiting for us to be that reason. And just think about those people that we love, our families, our friends, that we desperately want to know the love of Jesus like we know it here. So, so now it's where I'm at today. And know that none of this is, is look at me, I'm Casey. I know that it's only by the grace of God and by the goodness of his people that I'm standing here, the man that I am today. That man is now a, a fully restored heart. That man is now a man that knows how to lead his, his two beautiful children by the word of God. My incredible nine-year-old daughter is learning to hear the voice of God and talk to him. My four-year-old son, who started his life with a speech delay, is now praying over his classmates and over his, and over his teacher. It's insane. I... Um, I've had the privilege to go through the, the Pathfinder Apprenticeship Program and now, now lead it up here at San Marcos. And um, at the, I'm, I'm doing things in business now that I could have never imagined or even comprehended being able to do because of the people I was around. I just had the, the unbelievable honor of leading a team of men at this last year's Emerge Conference. The, the kings of the North, by the way, we brought home the North Championship. 
It's a five lion. And Dr. Matt, I don't know if you think this is ironic or not. Do you realize that the captain of the Kings of the North is both a vegan and drives a Prius? I see you, Sam D. I see you. I'm just saying. Just saying. And, oh. I, I see you, Sam. The point is, is the man five years ago was completely, completely broken and alone and scared and empty and hollow. And the man that stands in front of you now has been restored, has been made whole, um, is a part of an amazing community of people who he loves and champions and wants to see the same good in that somebody once saw in me early in my time into the church. So. Uh, the, the point I'm making here is that no matter where you're at in your walk, if you're a new believer, if you are, maybe you've just turned your heart back to God after being away from him for a long time. Um, maybe COVID shut out your church and you're just walking into this church for a few couple weeks and, it, and it, maybe it feels like a wilderness. It feels like alone. Uh, it's amazing in a body of five or 700 people that you could still feel alone. I would encourage you to build into your community of faith. Men, get into men's prayer on Tuesday and start to spend time with people who believe in you and will pray for you and want to encourage you in the way that God sees you. Women, the same. Get into women's prayer. Uh, join a connect group. Um, uh, be, be a person that maybe shows up to a connect group with a jug of milk and makes things uncomfortable and is less than perfect, like, like the Simon Peter or the fisherman. You guys should bring back that story. I've brought, back the, I've brought in milk cartons to people's connect groups and nobody gets it and I just look like a weirdo. If you haven't heard the connect group milk story, come ask Pastor Michaela about that if you would. Uh, join the internship program or if, better yet, if you're a marketplace king, join Pathfinder Apprenticeship and watch God take your business to a new level. The point is get around believers that love you and want to pray for you and want to encourage you. Um, I want to bring up a scripture if we have it from Acts, Acts 2. And again, we didn't, we didn't plan this. Uh, just God's perfect timing. So I want to read this to you. Acts 2.42 says, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money to those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day. They met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and they shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those were being saved. What a beautiful example of walking it out with believers, praying for one another, getting together in community, watching the miracles of God happen, and then God building the house of believers around us because they want to know what that good news is. So if I can encourage you all, just step into that community of believers. Uh, watch God begin to move in your hearts and in the hearts of those around you so that we can be the light of the world and a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.